Greetings and welcome to Shnaim Mikra, the podcast series developed and sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each of these podcasts, we read, translate, study, analyze, and discuss one of the Eliot of the current week's parasha. My name is Yitzchak Shalom, and I'm delighted to be studying Parashat Kitavo with you. We are now at the fourth Aliyah, which begins at the beginning of Parak Chavzayin, chapter 27 of the Book of Dvarim, and occupies only the first ten psukim of that parak, but these are very significant psukim. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, we have come to the end of the major central section of Sefer Dvarim of Moshe's speech, which is the mitzvah speech, and now we have entered into the preparations for the great covenant that will take place in Avot Moav, and in anticipation of a great covenant between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and B'nai Yisrael, a renewal of the covenant of their uh, commitment to the mitzvot and the commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which will take place after they cross the Yardin. Vayitzav Moshe v'zikne Yisrael ta'am lemor. So Moshe and the elders commanded the people, which means now the elders are part of this command. Shamor et kol mitzvah asher nochim hayom. You have to keep all of the mitzvot, which I am commanding you today. <clears throat> and here the Anochi can play in one of two ways. The simplest read is that Hamoshe and the Zekinim are simply quoting, this is what Hashem has said. But then again, this also empowers the Zekinim, some of who will, out, will outlive Moshe, all of them that are here, who will outlive Moshe and continue with the people on, across the Ardain, that they will be the purveyors of Hashem's word. On the day that you cross the Ardain, and this time is going to become very problematic when we come to the book of Yehoshua, to the land that Hashem is giving you, which is a constant emphasis throughout Sefer Dvarim, set up huge boulders, and plaster them. So far, all we hear is that on the day you cross the Yardin, the first thing you do is set up boulders and plaster them. And Write all of the words of this Torah as you cross. So, in order that you should be able to come to the land that Hashem is giving you, which is a land of Zavat Chalavud Vash, we've already spoken about that in the second podcast, as Hashem, the God of your fathers, spoke to you. Now, what is the meaning of this particular contingency, uh, that you will write the words of the Torah as you cross in order that you'll be able to come to the land. Again, stressing something that has been stressed throughout Sefer Dvarim and all the way back to Vayikra, which is your rights to come into the land are dependent on your obeisance to the mitzvot and you're carrying the moral high road. And therefore, you have to write these words down as a constant memorial. But we're not done. When you cross the Yardin, you should set these rocks, the ones that I'm commanding you, these rocks you should set up on Har Eval, we'll talk about the location of Har Eval in a moment, and plaster them. And there you should build an altar to Hashem your God, an altar made of rocks. You're not allowed to 
put any place any metal on them. In other words, they cannot; they must be unhewn rocks. Avanim shleimot tivne. The complete rocks. And there you should bring olot to Hashem. Now, this command echoes a command we heard at the foot of Har Sinai, right after the great revelation, when Hashem said to Moshe that if you're going to build an altar of rocks, the rocks have to be unhewn, because by putting your metal over it, you have desecrated it. So there's an evocation here of Har Sinai. So, so far we've heard you're going to bring olot. You're also going to slaughter shlamim and eat there. So you will both bring olot, sign of devotion to God, but also a ritual celebration and to uh, rejoice before God. And you should write on these rocks all of the words of the Torah, Ba'er Hetev, whether Ba'er Hetev means in some sort of a mnemonic form, or whether it means to write it out with a translation or an explanation. Unclear exactly what Ba'er Hetev means, and ironic as that may be, as the case may be, but, but the phrase Ba'er Hetev is a little bit opaque. In any case, this particular mitzvah, and we'll look at the last two psukim in a moment, but this particular mitzvah of uh, setting up these rocks on Harival evidently to be done on the day in which you cross the Yardane is both difficult to comprehend and also doesn't just does not play out that way in the book of Yoshua. To quickly recap the first eight chapters of Sefer Yoshua, Sefer Yoshua of course begins with the preparations while on the East Bank for crossing and the spy mission, etc. But when Bnei Yisrael cross, the first thing that they do is they camp at Gilgal, there are a few days that pass after they have their Brit Milah, do the Korban Pesach. Then there's a whole week of the war with Yericho, followed by an aborted war and then a successful war uh, against Ha'ai. And then finally, at the end of chapter 8, after defeating Ha'ai, the Bnei Yisrael go up to Hareval and have this ceremony, and it occupies the last section in chapter 8, Psukim Lamed through Lamed Vav, through Lamed Hay, uh, in Sefer Yoshua. Uh, the, parenthetically, the Mizbeach and Harival is, of course, the Mizbeach that was found by Adam Zartal in 1981 and uh, has been the subject of much archaeological dispute since as to whether that really is the same Mizbeach. Uh, the interested uh, reader can research it online and uh, take a look at Mount Ibal, E-B-A-L. I, uh, it can be found by searching on Google, and there's an entire site with uh, Professor Zartal's finds about it. However, the problem, of course, is that the command here is the day that you cross the Ardain. So first of all, the possibilities of being able to cross the Ardain and immediately go with the entire nation all the way up to Harival on that day, just due to the distance, because Harival is one of the two mountains that overlooks the area of Shechem. It is doable, but it would be very difficult, as we see that it took the nation a significant amount of time to cross, and just to settle in at Gilgal, which was right next to uh, right next to the Ardain. Second question is whether or not Akkadosh Baruch Hu would have wanted Bnei Yisrael, who are uncircumcised, to participate in this Brit, or whether they needed to be circumcised first, as they needed to do in order to perform the Korban Pesach. Um, the third problem, of course, is that it just didn't play out that way. In other words, Bnei Yisrael, as I mentioned, uh, took a number of weeks until they got to Harival. 
unless, of course, we posit that the events at the end of chapter 8 happened as soon as they crossed, and for some reason are written later, and for some reason they came back to Gilgal, and it's all very difficult to to uh, to understand that. And why did they go to war against Yericho, against Ha'ai, before having the ceremony? So there's much here that really depends on a proper understanding of, uh, of Sefer Yehoshua and uh, the role of those first couple of wars. <clears throat> but there is one possible way to, and there's a famous Tosefta in Sota here that says, look how many miracles happened, and that one day they crossed, and they went up to Harival, and they had the ceremony, they came back to Gilgal, etc. But again, within the Pishtek Tuvim, within the simple read of the text, it did not take place that way. But if you take a look at the Pesukim, there is a way to parse it so that it may work out. Although this is a little bit difficult, and there will be one very thorny problem. If you take a look at Pasuk Bet, what is it you're commanded to do on the day that you cross the Yardin? The first thing is to set up rocks and plaster them. Well, B'nai Israel did that. Yoshua had B'nai Israel set up 12 boulders in the Yardin and take another 12 boulders out of the Yardin and set them up in Gilgal as a monument to remember the crossing. Now, we don't hear of that happening um, in Gilgal. But then again, and and it would be difficult to posit that that happened because Yoshua said the purpose of these rocks is a commemoration of crossing and nothing to do with the words of the Torah. But nonetheless, it's possible that uh, that there was something written on them. And then in Pasuk Dalid, we hear something else. Meaning when you cross, doesn't say on the day you cross. When you cross, set these rocks up on Harival, which would mean something possibly far-reaching, which would mean that Bnei Yisrael, after the conquest of Yericho and after the conquest of Ai, brought those same 12 boulders that they had in uh, Gilgal, brought them up to Harival, replastered them, because there would be no reason to plaster them if they if they uh, had already been there. So they brought them up, replastered them in place, and then turned them into Mizbeach, and wrote all of the words of the Torah on them, etc., and that perhaps there is no command for that to happen on the day in which they cross, and this, it's a single command affecting the same 12 rocks that happens in two stages, perhaps. Or perhaps that's how Yehoshua understood it and fulfilled it. In any case, uh, there are some difficulties with this command in light of Sefer Yehoshua. The last two psukim of the Aliyah, by the Moshe v'akonim halvi'im ako Yisrael emor. So now Moshe, first of all Moshe with the Zekinim. Now Moshe speaks along with the Kohanim to all of Israel, and says, Hasket Ushma Israel. Hasket is a word that, uh, according to some, has its, uh, the Sforno says, Hasket means imagine for yourselves, and he reads that with Sukkot Malkachem, <clears throat> or whether it means attend. In any case, it's a word of some sort of an attention or focus that Ushma Israel and Shema Israel as I noted in some of my uh, internet shiurim, uh, written shiurim on Sefer Dvarim, is Moshe's introduction to any of his lessons throughout Sefer Dvarim. Um, and here is sort of the culmination of those lessons. This day you have become a nation to Hashem. The Malvin points out beautifully that till now we've been Hashem's children. And now for the first time, we declare ourselves, not Paro, who the first to call us an Am, but Hashem says, you are my nation, and you shall obey Hashem, listen to his voice, again the mitzvot and the chukim, and uh, with that we end the aliyah, 
in preparation for more details about the Brit and what's going to happen on Harival when we cross into the land. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the fifth Ali on the next podcast. I mean, have a wonderful day.